I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Gets on Herbs is teaming up with Positive Grid to give one lucky listener their very own Spark Smart amplifier. Visit PositiveGrid.com forward slash guitar nerds. It's super simple, and you could be the owner of one of the most fun and feature-packed amps I've ever played. Spark is a comprehensive solution for home jamming, learning, and recording for electric, acoustic, or bass. You can play and practice with millions of songs and access to over 10,000 tones. Powered by Positive Grid's Bias Tone Engine. Spark features a smart and intuitive range of rotary controls on the amp itself, but really comes to life when used alongside its companion app for iOS or Android. It's so well laid out. Straight out of the box, I was able to tailor my tone with a bunch of amp models and a comprehensive range of effects. There's no learning curve here or complex interface, just tons of tones straight off the bat. I love the Smart Jam feature. Play a looping riff on Spark and the amp and accompanying app work together to learn your riffs, then generate authentic bass and drums to accompany you. Perfect for making just jamming around more interesting and fun. Auto Chords is another banger. Import your music from YouTube, Spotify and Apple Music and the Spark app will auto display its guitar chords in real time as you play. Easy controls let you slow down the song's tempo or loop difficult sections as you master playing it. On top of all of this, you can use the Spark as an interface. USB directly into your computer and access all the Spark tones, amp models and effects for recording. All of this for only $299 US dollars. Visit positivegrid.com forward slash guitar nerds, enter to win a spark and check out all its incredible features. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello there. And Jake Ross. Hi, Joe. Hi, Matt. Hi, everybody. Great to be here. Great to be here. It is indeed good to be here. Hello, dear listener. Welcome back. Welcome. Welcome to the 37th episode in season two of the Guitar Nerds Podcast. It's a big old season. It's like Friends. Well, it's nearly, we're nearly there, actually. Nearly nearly over with... I can actually tell you how many episodes there are left. Uh, here we are. Podcast schedule. Uh, podcast schedule, right. It looks like... Where are we? We're like September 20th. So this comes out on the 22nd. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten... 
more episodes. Oh, my God. Ten more episodes. Why? Where does that take us to? Uh, well, it takes us to the start of December. And then, of course, there is the gear of the year 2021 um, that takes place. That is that is crazy. Yeah. And then we'll be on to season three, gentlemen. Season three. Uh, shows generally go downhill around season three. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, but sometimes no. they pick True up. True Detective a... saw a return to form. Oh, True Detective no. did. True Detective Detective did get a lot better in season three. Oh, I stopped watching after season two. Oh, season three was good. It was a bit of a change, a change of the format, but it was uh, it was good format format night. Um, For- it was uh, <laughs> it was it was good. I really liked it. Oh, format night. I like that. Format night, yeah. Uh, I always think, whenever I say the word format, I always think in my head, <laughs> oh, format night. <laughs> You're trying out this new format. Format night. night. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, so, Matt, you've, uh, you, you've been off the last couple of weeks. You've been away on holiday. Oh, yes. Um, Do you, know what, you know what I did on, on holiday, Joe? What? Nothing. But I also, uh, one thing I did do, actually, to be fair, was convinced Amy that we should rewatch the Matrix trilogy. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Because I was like, the first one is a work of art, possibly one of the best films ever. Um, I had that on video and it was amazing. And I was like, I haven't watched the second or third one for quite some time. And I remember them being quite rubbish. Yeah. And the second one is quite rubbish. The third one, not so bad. I'd, but it's I'd not really great. like to what I, I remember reading uh, about what are they called? Rev- revelations? Re- uh, reloaded, which is terrible. D- just don't call the second one reloaded. Um, and the third one is revolutions. Revolutions? Yeah, I think it's revolutions. And I think the third Th- one. F- third one's, no, fourth one's retirement home retirement home um, um there was because i remember reading somewhere i can't remember what it's called but um uh, is it like a supercar is that what it is um there was a uh i've read a really good article a little while ago about um like re-edited movies and like fan edits of movies and stuff and there was a um a fan edit of um reloaded and revolutions that someone did where they combined them into one movie and uh apparently it's like oh it's actually a really good movie i've never seen it but i read about it in some i don't know some yeah, article at one point there's a lot of blubber and it's also quite confusing like you can tell that it's sort of like tagged on yeah um the one thing i haven't watched didn't or didn't watch which you should do because actually some of the stories included are better than both of those, which is the Animatrix, which were the five short movies, the animated movies they made. They tell you a bit more of the lore of the place. But actually, just watching the first one again, I was like, this film's so good. It basically hasn't aged. <laughs> it's just, it's just the only bits are like, you know, when they're sat in front of a computer and you're like, computers don't look like that anymore. And then obviously when he pulls out a flip phone, you're like, yeah, I mean there are some, uh, uh, ve- uh, and some of the some of the CGI is like oh no. Do you know? Do you know what the first one looks all right? The second one suffered from that really weird point in the early two thousands where things were too computer generated. Yeah, if that makes sense. The first one they were like they clearly had to do a lot of it practically, 
apart from the bullet time, which still looks good, but the second and third one, they've obviously gone, oh, computers are the best. <laughs> and then they've just like, they've overused the computer. Um, and then talking about it made me remember there's a picture on the internet to bring this background to guitars of Keanu Reeves has a Matrix bass. <laughs> and yeah. it's him holding, I can't even remember what brand it is. It's like a headless thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a Jackson. Jackson Custom Shop bass. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, that uh, has just got the the Matrix code, the iconic Matrix code uh, across the front of it, which... Um, Easter egg is the the designer uh, of one of the set. I think it's like one of the designers, art directors. He was like, "Ah, oh, you know what looks cool? Japanese kanji." Ah, oh, scanned his wife's cookbook and then reversed half of the letters, <laughs> and that's what the majority. And that's what the majority of the Matrix code is. Yeah, wow, it's a sushi go. cookbook in reverse. Um, so yeah, had a holiday. Didn't do a lot, but did watch the Matrix trilogy. And would highly recommend. Oh, you did watch all three. Oh, I did watch all three. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, across three days as well, you know. So yeah, one a day, wow. you know. Keep it that. Uh, just preparing for the fourth one, which will be awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, frankly, I think it's it, it, for the first time ever. It feels like Hollywood is finally in tune with what people want, and that's <laughs> more Keanu Reeves. You know, a- absolutely. I mean, I mean, he seems he seems like just an absolutely wicked geezer, um, and uh, you know. Yeah. I'm all for it. I think I think it'll be good. I mean, he has been in some of the best movies of all time. Of, of course, including Point Break, um, which is probably my second favourite film of all time. Behind um, what? Speed. Behind Speed, yeah. <laughs> and then The Matrix. Um, oh. And then Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, all-round nice guy and bass player. Uh, Keanu Reeves although I haven't seen Bill and Ted the, the, the most recent one but I hear it's terrible oh, I haven't um, seen that but I would quite like to see him play live what was his band called something um, Dog Dog Dog. I want to say Dogstar Dogstar that's, yeah was Dogstar it, it? I, really I think, so. I think that's it yeah I yeah. think so. Who knows? Someone Google it. Dogstar Band. Really. Dogstar was an American alternative rock group active in the mid-90s to early 2000s that found moderate success but garnered significant media attention due to the fact the band's basis was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> were, they, were they actually good then? Oh, I've, no. I've not listened. I, 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 might, I might listen to them after this whilst I'm editing this podcast. Um, I'll listen to some Dogstar. I think their first record was called Quattro from Margie. <laughs> start out with a little pizza um that yeah keanu reeves so crazy uh, so so this week i um i got a new a new plugin that matt i think you should definitely try out um sorry i'm I'm sort of uh i'm I'm tailing this back into guitars it's all right we've had our we've had our moment of fun we've had our our fun (laughs) thanks for that now everyone (laughs) yeah i'll just start talking now and you guys can be silent but yeah anyway so uh so we're doing this thing at the moment with uh um with with isotope um and and also with plugin boutique they're one of our sponsors at the moment dan pilver from isotope has been a long time listener and a really good friend of the podcast and uh and you know he introduced me years ago now to isotope plugins which are what we've always used to edit the podcast they're how i clear clear up like matt's 
terrible audio where he always has fans on in the background and stuff. How I deal with the shrillness of, of you know, Jay's top end. So they are really good plugins. The whole thing with Isotope is, Matt, like, you know, we used them when we were doing the, when we were building songs together. And the whole idea with Isotope is you don't need any skill level. Like, I, I don't have to think about it. I can literally play... I can play Isotope, you guys talking, and Isotope goes, oh, yeah, you should do this, you know, and EQs it, compresses it, does everything else, which is which is very, very helpful. Uh, it means it can do it all for you. But anyway, so they're doing this thing with, um, with Plugin Boutique, who, of course, Matt, you and I have both downloaded, um, I've downloaded a significant amount of plugins from Plugin Boutique, um, pluginboutique.com dear listener you should definitely check it out but anyway they're doing this guitar essential bundle which is a great idea where they've they've mixed up or they're they're putting together soft tubes amp room with the isotope essential suite and uh um and you know reducing it a bunch and the, the whole idea is that it's like a it's a suite of stuff that means that you can record guitar music without needing anything else obviously excluding the 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 drum kit or whatever but it means you can record edit record all your guitar tones with the amp room and then you can mix and master it all with the isotope essential suite so i was recording i was recording like the ad for them this week and i was like oh i want to do a backing track for it and wouldn't it be cool if i did the backing track using only amp room so i can say in the ad oh this is you know this is all the amp room stuff and I had an absolutely fantastic time using amp, amp Room. It's really, really good. Um, so it's like you've got you've got amps, you've got pedals, you've got cab sims, but you've got a whole bunch of stuff. Whereas like you know, Neural DSP deals with artist uh, style stuff. Amp Room deals with like more rigs. So you've got like a you've got like an AC30 style thing, a high watt, an Ampeg SVT. There's like a a Mesa Boogie, um, there's a, a, a black-fronted uh, and a silver-fronted Fender-style thing, some Engels, and a, and a Marshall JCM-800. And they actually, they're like, they are officially partnered with Marshall JCM-800, so they can also do some of the Marshall pedals, like the Governor and things like that, which is which is very, very so cool. The Edward on there. <laughs> the Edward. <laughs> the classic, <laughs> the classic compressor. Unfortunately not. They've, uh, the they've got the... one Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, they've got a very good... The Jet Town compressor is their compressor. Actually. I, I really liked it. I thought it was fantastic for, like, really sucky, as in sucking the sound over the top compression, um, which I really liked in my bass. But, yeah, I recorded this little uh, this little punk rock uh, sort of backing for it. I did it all. I was like, oh, yeah, I was sort of doing it in the middle of the day. I had other stuff to do afterwards. And I just grabbed a guitar that was next to me, which was the Trent, uh, the mod- Model 1, which we've spoken about over the last couple of weeks, which we've got at the moment. And it was absolutely, absolutely banging. Like, it it was so effortless for me to just lay down, you know, like a handful of rhythm tracks and, and some lead tracks. It was handy that I had kind of Mark Packham to talk to about this because I've not really done too much punk pop stuff myself. I don't really know what the punk pop setup is other than like Jay, you and Mark banging on about JCMs the whole time. So, and I've never liked the sound of Marshalls, but actually for this application, for like a punk pop sound, a JCM 800 just with a 412 sound, I didn't even use anything else. 
It's just I mean, that. This sounds great. are teaming up with Music Nomad. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers, and touring techs in over 40 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help guitars look, sound, and play their best. After two years of research and development, and in a collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad has developed the Keep It Simple setup. They demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anybody can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great. With their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, loads of how-to videos, as well as complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS, and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set-up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at Music nomadcare.com follow them on social media with at music nomad care and kiss your guitar with music nomads keep it simple setup being in a punk band is really not rocket science you know <laughs> no uh, sure i just like i just didn't know what to choose for it and i thought oh that that would be the thing and then just for some different flavor i used the ac30 for like some octave chord things because i know like tom delong used to use ac30s a bit so i figured that would be another appropriate but it was good added like a enough of a different flavor but you know i thought the guitar was absolutely fantastic i popped a picture of it up in the guitar nerds group on facebook and people were like going wild for the trend it does look really lovely this is a very very Mm. nice guitar for suburb grand sounded great i was on the bridge pickup for the whole lot as as i guess you would be for a punk pop thing but it's really good. Amp, like, the Trent guitar was just easy and it sounded good, you know, doing anything. Amp room was just easy and it sounded good. I just, I, I got the whole thing done in like half an hour and I was like, oh, this was no effort at all. The only problem was actually when I came to lay down the bass, which I did last, and I realised all the basses I have here are set up in D standard. Capo, mate. Yeah, you could do something like that, but there's still like punk pop requires like quite a you want it to have that sort of fizzy, poppy, bouncy string sound. And when you've got those thick, heavy cables that I've got and you don't get that same resonance. And and even if I just played higher up the board or whatever, it still it sounds different. Um, And so I was trying to think, like, what do I have? What do I have that's actually standard tuning? I have my, my little Snapdragon foldable bass. So is that I what used, you use? That's what I used, and it sounded great. And I was like, "Yep." I mean, that was just that was just using the SVT plugin because again, punk rock's so simple. I just timed sort of the gain on it and the treble, and uh, cut out a bunch of the mids. Used that little Snapdragon, and it was great. Honestly, I could. It was Emma keeps catching me like listening back to that ad I've recorded, and I'm, I'm like sort of secretly. Oh, I actually quite quite like this this is, <laughs> this is this is one of the best things i've recorded it's just this little punk rock tea but yeah i had um it's so good so easy i had the best time doing it and uh and like you know nate nager had mentioned in the group he'd said oh you should because i'd said in the post oh, i just had such a good time doing this and he was like oh, you should upload the song to patreon so every, everyone can hear so of course you'll hear it on the ad on this episode uh dear listener but obviously i'll be talking over it so 
you know, you can go and if you're on our Patreon, which you can join, obviously, for as little as a dollar a month, you can uh, you can go and listen to it. And it got me thinking. I was like, this is actually Patreon's a great place for me to put sound samples of stuff, because whenever I'm getting this gear, essentially, I am, you know, plugging it in, working out, you know, making weird noises with it and doing all that stuff. And I was like, oh, I should I should do sound samples of everything we got. It is really funny just thinking about what you said there about like oh yeah you know i spent uh a couple of hours putting together this song and i mean you're not going to be able to hear it really because i'll be talking over it and like <laughs> you know you really do work harder not smarter don't you <laughs> like <laughs> yes. you 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 drag yourself through hell and high water when uh you know <laughs> just because you just bloody love it it's just absolutely you know good on you good yeah. on you joe branton yeah, I, c- I could have just got a little backing track. I could have just downloaded a backing track from one of the stock uh, sites that I subscribe to, but, you know. But it was actually fun. Isn't that just like the Random Heroes Spotify page? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. Yeah, Mark Mark sent us some of the instrumentals from his upcoming Random Heroes records, and I, I'm tempted to... Put them um, in. Well, yeah, to just uh, well, he just sort of sent them so I c- they wouldn't be Did quite what, he high sent enough. To our, he sent them to our like signal group. Yeah, something like oh, that. Okay. So, I, so I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't lift them like that. Listen. But I was I, thinking, I was thinking I've about. Heard, I heard the song that Mark wrote in two thousand and two, and I've been listening to it ever since. <laughs> and that's fine. I was thinking about transcribing it and recording it again <laughs> as as like a guitar nerd's thing, and never mentioning it to to Mark well, because he doesn't like, playing it to him. No, it's, no, um, but, <laughs> it'll only be like. Seventh fret, ninth fret, third fret, first fret, back to the seventh fret, you know. No, open. It won't go first open. Oh, fret, of course. Open. open, yeah. Um, so, yeah, should be pretty easy to transcribe, yeah. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, uh, you know, dear listener, check it out. I think <laughs> I think Softy Band Room is really, really good. Um, I had a great time just for simple, obvious sounds. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. you know, for making regular guitar stuff. Because, Matt, we found this, like, so many... It was kind of what made us really like the Corey Wong Neural DSP plugin, 
was that so many plugins for guitar amps are are metal or you know that yeah. modern sound it's so hard to find something that's not that yeah and i, I don't know this yeah i guess because people always think that maybe gain is the easiest thing to do because covers up all the mistakes um and yeah to, to get into to get a really warm clean sound is, is quite difficult um as well because you're hearing it through monitors rather than like a bigger mm speaker with a big magnet on it i guess yeah um that's why uh, a pv bandit always it... sounds good but <laughs> but also isn't it just you know supply and demand because oh, the, yeah. the metal dudes were really the ones who kind of gravitated towards this sort of technology before anyone else um i, I completely agree i think i think that's absolutely the case is that mm. up until now i think the sort of direct recording and sort of home recording you know in in that sort of way is something that's been dominated by modern players and and metal style players i do think it's changing now i think more yeah, yeah, and more people sure. are getting you know are getting into into home recording without having to use a real app and and things like katana Things like the the Fender Tone Masters, you know, those are those are things that have made it more viable as people are getting more used to the idea that you don't have to have valves to sound a quite good. unquote real amp. Yeah, and, yeah. and no, and I, I think you're completely right. And I think that the um, the it all kind of started with. I think it all kind of started with Helix. You know, the the, the Helix was just so good that it. It, so people would it, argue fractal, but but I agree that Helix brought it to the masses. In didn't terms they? of the no mainstream, one, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In terms because the the fractal stuff was always was not always there, but you know that that had been around for a while. But it that was only that was only being used by like techie metal people, yeah. and then all of a sudden the Line Six, the Helix came out, and I think it did. Uh, I think you know that really found its footing in like the um, the worship scene in the US, and um, and it kind of legitimized digital modeling and um and that has you know only gone from strength to strength with stuff like the tone masters and and now the uh the the like you know downloading your own irs and everything it's it, it, it is kind of a bit more you know every day yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely i think um what i want to see now is more of the kind of crazy effects plugins that people are using on synths in guitar pedals. I think people need to take guitar pedals to the next step. I just I was um, having a look at some of the stuff that's included with... Uh, we were talking very briefly before we started about potentially thinking about switching uh, DAWs to uh, Ableton Live 11 because uh, I want to work in a slightly more... Well, they, they have a thing called Session View, which is like you work in clips, like small loops to like arrange uh, compositions. And some of the... They've added a bunch of new effects to their latest version, uh, Live 11, that are all inspired by nature. And they're oh, like... I like that a lot. I, I, Jay, I know you'd be into this because they have one called tree tone which is grow different fractal patterns inspired by plants and then use them as resonators for internally generated noise or incoming audio i'm like i mean that sounds absolutely incredible. if someone if someone handed me a pedal and went yeah this is the tree tone basically i've used plants as inspiration for some noise generators inside to affect your incoming audio i'd just be like yeah i'll buy them all 
Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just think there's we've got to start going the other way now because I think people are going to start using this stuff and they go, how can I use that live? And I mean, they're all forms on the basic effects, I guess, in in some ways. Um, but there was another one called uh, vector delay. So it's a center like a sun with uh, little planets that revolve around it. And each one of those revolutions is an individual delay line. And depending on how and where they cross paths changes the delay time. So you get this almost, it's almost like the revolutions of the planet around the sun. Yeah. So it's like gravity is affecting the speed of, essentially gravity is like affecting the speed of the delays and everything. Indeed. That is that is amazing. Yes. Yeah, that so, is so cool. I'm absolutely so into that. Yeah, and they've also added, which I think is so, not necessarily, this isn't uh, inspired by uh, nature, and this is a new thing, but it's not been a thing you could easily get your hands on. They've added a spectral time plugin, and that turns sound into images or, or vice versa. Uh, so one of the one of the really so basically you feed audio into it and it puts it into like it basically turns into like a blurry image of like colors um but one of the most famous uses of that is at the end of um most people will know the song window liquor by aphex twin which is that kind of really glitchy that was his like first foray into like doing something less ambient there's like a really weird noise like right at the end and if you played that into this spectral uh plugin like a really old one it basically brought up an image of his face Okay. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, this does like a, a very similar thing. So it allows you to, yeah, feed audio into it, into kind of like a spectral image, which you can then also then change, which will then alter the output um, of the audio. And I'm like, so basically, what you're saying here is, uh, I could play my aura. Uh, yeah, like basically, you, take a, take, you take could release your of, face as an yeah, album. Yeah, 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 and then you can get a snapshot of your of your like of your chakras and stuff. Yeah. That'd be so funny. I I guess I just thinking out loud, I guess the only way to really do something like that, well, you could do it in real time with an audio interface. And if you're sat in a studio, but if you wanted to try and do it live, I guess you would have to have something like the orange Omec teleport, which is a little pedal. That's an audio interface and then have a laptop on stage. And I'm like, surely someone must be able to pull the the uh, algorithm out of the computer and basically build a computer in a box, which I guess was kind of what that Mod Duo was. The Mod Duo devices was like a supposed to be like a a plug it set of plugins in a guitar pedal. I just don't think anyone's yeah, that- done it like packaged well enough. I guess if you know what I mean, mm. like. In something it's that's tricky. just going. Yeah. Plugin Boutique and Isotope have hooked up to offer you, dear listener, an absolutely banging deal. They've combined Softcube's App Room plugin suite of amps, effects, and cabs with Isotope's Element suite of mixing, fixing, and mastering tools. All for 80 quid for 94 US dollars or 94 euros. That's 217 pounds less than if you were to purchase the plugins individually. The idea behind the bundle is to provide you with everything you need for at home studio based guitar production, including amp simulators, multiple effects units, and high quality mixing and mastering tools. Pretty much exactly what every guitar nerd needs. 
Now, Isotope plugins have been friends of the podcast for many years. You're listening to the production quality of Isotope's Nectar, RX, and Ozone every time you listen to an episode of Guitar Nerds. Their Element Suite offers assistive technology to cut down the guesswork and required expertise to get release quality recordings. And Softcube's Amp Room offers a really comprehensive range of bass and guitar amps, cabs, and effects. In fact, that's what you're listening to right now. Go check out this incredible bundle at Plugin Boutique com or follow links in the description of this podcast. I like the idea of it being very, very open source, and there being more pedals that are brought, you know, essentially with that. Yeah, kind of- I, I guess the Zoya is sort of one step towards that. Yeah, I think the problem with the Zoya is that. You have Steep to, learning curve. Yeah, you just got to like dedicate yourself to it, and it's like I don't, I, I mean I don't mind deep diving, but even that was like, huh? <laughs> like you kind of gotta like basically just download someone else's sound and go. That's cool. I'll never change it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I I kind of feel that that might be like a next step. You know, talking a lot about plugins, Joe, and and bringing that sound to a pedal board or to a unit that you might use live. You know, that that I to me feels like kind of like a next step. Yeah. Um, in some ways, you know, imagine yeah, taking some- everything your entire DAW setup, as it were. You know, everything that Amp Room gives you and all the effects, but putting in a pedal that you can play around with yeah i mean obviously you can do something like that by using things like the omec teleport and 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 a laptop but you know there is still and i would still have that fear of bringing i don't want to bring a laptop i don't i I want my board to be an isolated separate thing Mm, absolutely Um, and so yeah i i i hope we are moving towards something like that i'd love to see something like that that could kind of do the job of a computer but be a separate uh thing on my board so that i can choose what effects i have from plugins and and kind of then you can sort of build and create your own multi-effects from you know but isn't that at that point is i mean Aren't we're just, just talking using, about a helix. Using a helix. Yeah. 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 Um, I yeah, mean, but I think I think the thing is with those multi effects is they're still it's like the matrix, right? They're in the matrix. That it's in the matrix. Matt, it's not all of, it's not all about the matrix. <laughs> no, but you know, it's so it's so locked down into like choruses and delays and reverbs. And I'm like, but I want more than that. I want I want to take the red pill. I want to know what's on the other side. Show me through the rabbit hole. Morpheus, where is my real multi effects? What's in the real world? Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I guess it's because in some ways there's no money in it. Like if you've gone, oh, I've made this tree tone delay pedal that's like a spectral resonator in a compact, people are gonna be like, Cool, bro. And then you'll like sell some, but not loads. Um, whereas like, you can go, oh, you can do all of this stuff sort of in a multi-effects, but it's not quite as cool. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. So what you're saying is we need like another kind of cypher, uh, cypherpunk revolution where people, um, instead of like, you know, trying to create the blockchain, start trying to create uh, pedals 
with for like no monetary recompense yeah essentially yeah mm. um yeah i just i don't know i like the idea of like dragon someone being out like an open source like you say joe like an open source multi-effects which i guess is what the module is but it's what the module yeah. was yeah maybe just not <laughs> executed to well maybe just people like didn't really care about it maybe i'm the only one that cares about it um, <laughs> maybe you don't care enough maybe i don't care know? enough maybe that's it but yeah no i, I definitely think there's um T- time for some more wacky and weird stuff. That's what. So, that's uh, so speaking of hidden effects, uh, I went to my I went to my band lockup uh, last week, and uh, we, oh yeah, what's the address? <laughs> <laughs> well, I hooked up with my guitarist Tim because we were rebuilding his pedal board because he's, he's got he had some noise on his board and he wanted to change out a couple of pedals, so we were doing that, and we. Uh, uh, we ran short of uh, power cables for his MXR DC brick. But, you know, I, I know it in the lockup we have, like, a massive crate of spares and stuff. And every time we go out on tour, we move the essentials into a little box to take with us. But I know we have a load of old stuff in this big crate. So I thought we'll go down and have a rummage through that and see what we can find. And my goodness, it was a crate I hadn't looked in since, you know, maybe 2015, 2016. (laughs) And it was wonderful. We found three Behringer VB2 vibratos (laughs) because we just had a few of them because they kept breaking and they were a really essential part of our board back then. We found two Boss PS2s. Cool. I'll have one of those. Um, Thanks. yeah, Yeah, which is great. And best of all, I found a Zvex Fuzz Factory. Which... I saw you were playing around with a Fuzz Factory. No and recollection. I was like, what, what year is it? Yeah, I don't remember getting this at all. But Tim was like, oh, yeah, you got it. And we used it on a recording, maybe our first recording for some stuff. And I think maybe we did. And then it went in that box and never got put on a board or used again. So, uh so yeah, so I've I've got a Zvex Fuzz Factory which I brought home, and I've been having a whale of a time with it. What an absolutely fantastic pedal! It's, Why did we ever stop talking about this pedal? It's like finding a tenor in your jacket pocket, you know. The be- <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning what, of like it- a, a year after a, a year after you put your coat back in the, uh, yeah. it's like oh, it's October. I better get the big coat out. Yeah, oh, it's like- twenty quid in it. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's an old there's an old McDonald's hamburger. Or- yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I love. I bloody love the Fuzz Factory. It is great. It is great. I wish there was a blend on there, but they did do a bass version, didn't they? And I guess that's probably why this one isn't quite as, uh, you know, rich in the low end enough for me to use it well with a with a bass. But I love that you've got a gate and a compressor uh, and a compressor. I don't know what the stab control does. It just sort of made it spikier. Yeah, I think. Um so the interest there's there was a quite a few videos that came out recently because obviously they did the collaboration with Chase Bliss and and did the Bliss Factory, um, and I and I think he kind of says that those controls basically make no sense in some ways. They sort of like he had to give them a name, so he sort of like turned and went, oh, this one sort of makes it more compressed and this one sort of makes it more stable. That's basically what uh, stab oh, is, stability. Right. Um, but, oh. but they're so interactive that, mm. that yeah, they just do different things. I, and I think the story goes that he made the... I think he made the Super Hard On. That was the first pedal he made. And then he sold it to, like three units to 
a store in New York. And then the next week he went back and he's like, oh, I've sold all those pedals. Like I need, or, or, or they'd been selling that particular one for like six months. And then the guy was like, oh yeah, I sort of need something different now. Like I've sold all those ones. And he went, oh, what am I going to do? So he basically designed that one overnight, like stayed up all night, like playing around with the circuit. What, the fuzz factory? Yeah, yeah. No, he basically had like a fuzz circuit, took a, I think it's basically a fuzz face, messed around with it all night and then was like in the morning, woke up and was like, oh, what have I done? It's got like five controls on it and it sounds like really weird wherever you turn the knobs. And he was like, I have to do it. I have to take it down. Took it to the shop and they went, oh, this is a bit, a bit weird, isn't it? And then they sort of like, oh, we'll take one, or they took two. And then I think Alanis Morissette's guitar player walked into the store like a week later and bought both and then was like, these are amazing. I need, like, another one. And then he got pictured, and then Matt, one found its way to Matt Bellamy, and then he obviously went and posted it in, like, a guitar mag in, like, 2001. And then they went from, like, 10 orders a month to, like, a 1,000. Wow. And, uh, wow. yeah, but I think it was kind of like... He didn't. And then Joe Branton bought them and bought one, and nobody, the, the <laughs> reputation was ruined. And, uh, yeah, and then listened to this podcast, and they went, "Oh God, he left it in a box." Um, yeah, I think it was kind of just like a didn't intend to make that sort of pedal. I think it was just like a fuzz face that went wrong, and then he somehow managed to sell it anyway. And then someone found a use for it, and everyone went, "That's cool. I want one too." And. Lo and behold, there you have the Fuzz Factory. And I, I mean, I'd love to know how many they've sold because they've done so many versions. So they do a Fat Fuzz Factory. A, I don't know if they still make a bass one anymore, actually. I think that that's like the bassier version, but it's not a bass-specific one. And then they do right. the, they do the... They changed the shape. They moved it round, didn't they? Made it conventional. Yes, so they do the Fuzz... Because it's long yeah fuzz factory and vertical thin. and then obviously the normal fuzz factory uh the fat fuzz factory the russian fuzz factory seven and they i think they did a, a normal fuzz factory seven but quite often based on components um but yeah it's a great pedal it's, it is yeah. a great pedal but yeah you kind of have to use it sparingly <laughs> Absolutely. There's a there's a time and a place for it, and that tends to be when no other instruments are playing because it it it, it makes your your sound so incredibly compressed and thin that you're not going to be heard over anything. Yeah, or just uh, or just put it in a guitar with a MIDI controller, and then you just yeah, yeah. got it got it. Uh, you know, and then be a muse, I guess. Joe, I yeah. mean, yeah, sounds e- sounds easy yeah. enough to me. <laughs> but yeah, what what a fantastic pedal. And and actually, you know, whilst I was uh, you know, when I was when I was over there, um we as I was saying, we, we went around Tim's to like build that pedal board and when back when the pandemic started, I I got the the lockups near near Tim's in Brighton, obviously. I'm quite away away from it. So I messaged Tim and I was like, "Could you go and as, you know, as we're obviously not going to be gigging a while, can you go and get my bases out of lockup and just put them in your house just because you know it's cold in the lockup and i don't want them getting ruined and of course that's now whatever like two years ago and so I, we went around his and i was like oh, i was i was going to reset up like this old inca silver squire classic vibe jazz bass that i have um and he was like yeah all your bases are here and I was, that inca silver squire's not here it's, it's not it's not there so we went down to lockup, and of course he'd missed it, and it was it was still in its case in the lockup. 
where it had been for two years <laughs> through through two winters. And, uh, you know, I took it out and the strings were were rusted. The uh, the control plate, oddly enough, on the classic vibe is nickel. So that had all gone all, you know, uh, you know, when it goes all nickel gets all furry almost. Do you know what I mean? It gets it a little oxidized. Yeah, it oxidized, and then the is brass the, is the is the term that you're looking it. for. Yeah, fur- furry. furry. Yeah, it got all, it went all furry. The, the bridge had done the same, and the brass saddles had gone very green. Yeah, do you know? But, do you know what that's called? No, that's called oxidizing. Right. Okay. <laughs> so there were furry bits and green bits. Right. And, okay. Uh, and and yes, I uh, I I took that it sounds back. like a regular afternoon for you, isn't it? I had I had my whole kit, and I was like, God, this is. It's gonna be. This is gonna be bad. It's gonna be wrecked. Neck still looked good, you know. Still straight. Action. Still fine. Plugged it in. Still, still works. Still fired up. Absolutely. You know everything. All the controls worked. Everything was great. Popped a new set of strings on there. I did not even need to set it up, and I was like, "This sounds absolutely fantastic." I, c- I can't believe how good this bass sounds. And I took later that night. I took it to practice and played it and it was fine and i think all the trouble i have with all the various bases that i get all the constant setting up i'm doing and this this 350 quid classic vibe inca silver 60s jazz bass just took two years in the freezing cold absolutely totally fine what an incredible testament to the instrument but now i'm just like yeah i just want to play this now it's proven to me that you know it's it is an instrument that can withstand anything. I mean, that's, you know, the last time I used it, I uh, I threw my, I've told this story before, but I threw the bass over my head and it landed into the drum kit. It ripped a big chunk of wood out of sort of the, the top lower belt bit of it. So there's a big chunk out of it and knocked one of the tuners off, which I have, uh, I've duct taped back on. And that, you know, it's still fine. It's still fine. All all the ridiculous guitars I have, all the money I spend on things, it's banging. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Didn't I? Did did I see that you were you posted up? You were trying to change change the uh, pickguard on it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was choosing between this. I had Indra guitars make this r- rather lovely acid etched black plate with like polymath logos and impossible shapes all over it. I had a torque guard and I had. The mint guard. Uh, which what was in- the original? Oh, I was so annoyed when people kept commenting and saying white. I was like, it's not white, it's mint. Someone even said parchment. I was like, it's not parchment, it's mint. It's clearly mint. But anyway, yes. Uh, clearly. What yeah, did, the, it, what the did mint, it originally come with? Mint was the original. The white one. God damn it. <laughs> yes, yes, that one. Um, but yeah, it's anyway. It's a bit of a weird one, Inca Silver. Bit of a weird, like, weird colour to try and match. Yeah. match up with do you know what i mean like it's because uh, f- for me i i thought the white one looked better as well um yeah. but the uh you, i i understand why you tried to go for the torque guard but i just yeah the torque guard didn't quite work it didn't I, quite work no I, no no i, I, I think it's the it same with, with those kind of metallic colors is you've just got to go a little bit more conservative yeah yeah ex- exactly i actually went with none of those choices in the end uh and instead i purchased a black jazz bass plate and i just put just a plain black one I he thought, hadn't he hadn't spent any money in uh in about 45 <laughs> minutes so 
Well, the Indra one I love, but it's like it's so flamboyant that on anything other than a black base, it looks a bit too much to me. Right. Um, the talk guide, as we agreed, just didn't didn't sit right. And it I just did, yeah, it, it was just a little bit not quite there. I did love the mint, but you know, I'm obsessed with you know how my band all wear black suits. I'm mm. I'm obsessed with that, like us all looking black right, boots. and and they like you know our guitarist has got a silver burst guitar now, and I was like, well, if I get a black plate on the Inca silver, then that kind of matches. So that's what yeah, I did. Yeah, no, it's smart. It's smart. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. But square jazz basses, you can't beat them. Indestructible instruments. Yeah. There, Two there years, though. Two years. It was cold and frozen and scared. And then it was like, oh, God, now I've got to be played by Joe Branton. Put me back in the lockup. <laughs> put me back. Put me back. I want to go back. Yeah. Yes, well, it's rather good. Anyway, we're actually going to be seeing each other um soon hopefully Are we? In, in the flesh well hopefully j cross because you know i mentioned this again on the guitar nerds facebook group dear listener join uh the guitar nerds facebook group if you're not already a member to be kept abreast of all the guitar nerds things but one of the things i did mention was uh, uh ashdown who i've been running the marketing for for the last year or so um ashdown have hired a, a pop-up shop they're having a they're going to have a pop-up shop on denmark street in london denmark street to listeners who who, who maybe possibly don't know denmark street is the 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 most famous street in london for for guitar shops and music shops instrument shops in general absolutely lined um with you know all these incredible cool sort of vintage shops um with some of the most amazing weird old stuff you know cool collectible relic gear it's where famous people go to shop for you know the next super expensive auctioned guitar after they've touched it but of course uh, Denmark Street's been kind of getting smaller over the last few years shops have been shutting down and moving out there's still still certainly a presence there but there are less shops there now sadly than there than there used to be yes <laughs> But uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I thought I thought someone would would chip in with that. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were in. Oh. I thought you were in full flow, and then you sort of stopped. Yeah. And I was like, "Has he cut sorry. out? I don't know." Has he- <laughs> hey, I, I, I will pip in then and say, "Pip in." <laughs> um, it's it is a little depressing now. It's a shame, really, because there's so there was so much there, and there's like you say, there's still some great shops there and some new ones. Um, but also a lot of Starbucks and Pret, um, which it's, it's just such a different place to when I first went there f- when I was, what, 14, and Soho Soundhouse is on the corner. It's like three floors. That's where I bought my Line 6 FM4, the most I'd ever spent on a guitar <laughs> pedal. Um, and you obviously lost Macari's from that street um, earlier on in the year, but there's still some, there are still some there and there's some, still some, some cool finds, including no Tom guitars, um, for, no Tom wonderful. for vintage stuff. And Hanks is still there. I think Hanks has been there since like 1959. Amazing. Um, and they've normally got like a 58 or a 59 hanging up on the wall. Um, so it's always pretty cool. And friend of the podcast, Yogi is constantly there. You know, he basically lives on Denmark street. And in fact, I'm pretty sure he works round to the corner. Um, so he, you know, he's keeping the group up to date with what's happening on Denmark street. Cause he's always taking pictures of the fancy guitars that he sees. Um, but yeah, still a very, very cool place. Despite, uh, mass building works in the area that seem to have been going on forever. 
they do feel like they've been going on forever. But anyway, yeah. So we've uh, yeah, Ashtown have 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 got this pop up shop um, that we're going to be opening between the 11th and the 16th of October. So we're bringing down all our guitar amps, our bass amps, our basses. Uh, some of our pedals, some stuff actually that we're not even releasing until next year. We're going to have there for people to try out to sort of gauge opinions. Um, and we're going to have all our meters, headphones as well. There's going to be loads of demo stations. We're going to have like a, we, we've hired like a barista. So there's going to be like coffee and you can have a coffee. We, we've even got a drum kit that's going to be permanently set up there. So, you know, if you want to bring a drummer and come down and have a jam, you can do that as well. Um, but yeah, that's just going to be open all week and I'm going to be there hanging out, drinking the coffee. Of course, Ashdown do also make their own beer. So, you know, we can we'll be drinking that as well all week. And on Thursday, we're going to have like a really special day. There's going to be like press coming down. So, you know, if you want to pick a day, I'd say come on the Thursday because there's going to be some cool artist appearances um, on the Thursday. And uh, And yeah, I'm hoping, you know, to see the guitar nerds guys come down it'd be lovely for us to actually get to hang out with guitar <gasps> there'll be a drum kit there we could we could make a band we could make a guitar nerds band that sounds awful it sounds really bad also you've sort of forgotten there the fact that like me and matt have actual jobs like you right. know we can't just right. go swanning about in the middle of the week mate right right and also like you know we don't really like hanging out with you so <laughs> there'll be champagne just... we got some champagne in for the thursday Right, okay. Nice. Is that, is that, can that you just, sway can it you for just, you? Can you just send me a bottle and I'll drink it at home? Ashdown ash champagne. I could. Yeah. Yeah. We Well, it's not Ashdown champagne. It's Ashdown beer. Well, we should look into opening some sort of vineyard, though, I think. <laughs> that could be the next, the you know, the next <laughs> progression of Ashdown. I'm up for that. Yeah. Oh, dear. I, there we go. Joe, You're. I can't believe you've, you're, like, managing to completely combine your two interests just huh? so like so minutely it's absolutely incredible. oh yeah it's wonderful i really enjoyed the day that um i went i went down to ashdown when they were just setting up the beer and so they got like tasters of all the different things and they were like hey joe you know you you're gonna be marketing this stuff do you want to test all of these out and i was like yeah yes yes i do and so I, I was able to I was able to get like three little bottles of each of the flavors and oh flavors. it was great <laughs> yeah I nearly missed my train home it was wonderful but uh, but yeah it's, it's, oh, it's okay. good stuff I can yeah. just imagine the next board meeting you're there with your uh, your proposal for where the new gin distillery is going to be. Oh, that is a that is actually d genuinely something we're talking about. Um, Great, okay. I, I mean, I is that something you should be telling the world? <laughs> ah, it's fine. Whatever. No, you know, what, what's someone going to do? Buy a gin distillery first? No, we, we're going to be. Okay. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> okay, uh, then. I, I'm in charge of all the embargo, so it doesn't matter what I I say. <laughs> I am no, the I'm, embargo. I, I am the embargo. Anyway, anyway, enough about booze and stuff. I hope to see you there, dear listener. If you're if you're nearby, I appreciate. You know, it's comparative to our listenership a small amount of people will actually be able to go but it'd be lovely to see you there and we'll sort of even fewer will want to I yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but we should talk about some some of the some of the news from this week as well because um you know the, it, a boss continuing matt knight boss continuing their their torrent of new releases this year um expanding the 200 series which i think is my favorite series by boss i love the 200 pedals they're 
they're compact enough that they don't take up too much room because you've thought about you know the jack placement on them they like all the pedals that have been released in the range so far are absolutely fantastic super versatile like feature packed like you know the midi capability of of all of them and just i feel like you're getting you know they are wonderful I don't like the five hundred pedals were brilliant, but they're expensive and big. And the two hundreds uh, seem to kind of offer everything I could possibly want from a pedal. And you've expanded that range even further with both the the SY two hundred, which I think is probably the one people were most excited about, expanding on the SY one, but also the IR two hundred taking on the Strymon Iridium. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, SY two hundred, uh, like you say. It- the 200 series is that kind of balance between compact, easy to use pedal, but gives you more features and really presets. Basically when we released the SY one, people went, you know what? It sounds so good. I need to buy more than one because I can't save any sounds in it. And yeah, there was a few people out there who'd got like two or three, um, on a pedal board. And we're just like, can't you just put presets on, on a, on a compact and we're like well we could probably do like one better because we've got the sy 300 which is like super super powerful but it's also really really complex sy1 super easy to use had a bunch of great sounds that's quick to dial in and so we were just like well let's do a 200 series so you've got 128 presets you've got all the same sounds plus more of the sy1 but we'll also add a nice little screen so you can see what you're doing and stuff as well so really the, it's a slightly improved en- sound engine from the SY1 as well. It's a more powerful processor um, than the SY1, but gives you a bunch of great sounds, uh, loads of presets, and then the control button on there can be used for like hold function or pitch function. Um, and yeah, you don't need any special pickups. You can just plug your guitar straight in and away you go. Uh, somehow, I, I don't even know how, runs on batteries. Um, I'm just <laughs> like, that, you know, that always, they're like, oh yeah, it also runs on batteries. I'm like, wow, that, I mean, that is impressive. Three AA batteries. Uh, All of the 200s do that. Apart, apart from the IR200 does not. Ah. Uh, slightly too powerful for batteries. Um, but yeah, the, the SY200 is really the perfect step up from someone who's got the SY1 and wants a bit more. Or, yeah, looked at the SY1 and went, I can't, I haven't got MIDI and I can't save presets. Yeah, I was going to say, was there, there wasn't MIDI capability then on the SY1. No, the only compact with MIDI is the RC5. Um, everything now runs on the mini jacks, the TRS jacks. Um, but yeah, we kind of just went. We'll just give you a bit, a bit more. Um, so there's loads of there's like a dual mode on there, which runs two oscillators at once. It's got basically polyphonic pitch shifting in it, so you can do a bunch of different pitch shifting stuff with the control pedal. Um, and then you can integrate it into your pedal board by using the effects loop, which now runs both parallel or series as well. So you can run your whole pedal board through it and then say whether you want things to come before, whether you want the synth to be before or after it. So it's great for delays and reverbs um, or even running drive pedals through it. Um, and yeah, the MIDI capability, obviously, lots of people running switches. So being able That's to have it. presets yeah. is obviously the big thing with that. So really, that that was the biggest thing. People said, we just want presets. So we were like, there you go. Um, and then the IR200, this is the one that I guess there's a rising trend in this type of pedal, really dominated by the Strymon Iridium, which is lots of people not using amps at all. And we were talking earlier about 
the, the metal people using plugins and computers a lot more. And there's just a lot of people, especially in the US where you've got like this huge worship scene um, and you've just got a lot of ambient guitar players. It's just like, don't really need an amp. I'll just do everything on the pedal board and then I'll just run straight out into a PA. Um, and yeah, Strymon have, you know, done really well with the Iridium. It's been an incredible pedal and it does sound really good. Uh, Walrus had the ACS-1 uh, from their Mako series. Um, and then you've obviously got things like the Moor IR cab, which is more of a just the cab simulator. This actually models the preamp, the amp, the speaker, and the microphones. Now, the big difference compared to some of the other ones on the market is that we've added more amp models. So something like the Strymon really focuses on like a Vox and a Fender. This has eight amp models and three bass models. So you can use this as your, think of this as your modern day Tech 21 Sans amp because it's got bass models in it. So you can run your whole pedal board into that and then straight out into a PA. You've got three different uh, bass amps and then different bass cabs with different microphones. Um, you've also got USB, so you can use it for recording, which I think is amazing. So you can have your whole pedal board USB out into your computer and you can use it for things like reamping um, and recording, which is really nice. Headphone out, which they all have, but it's just nice to be able to have the same sound at home through headphones in the studio. Oh, yeah, for sure. And That's then, a massive advantage then, of moving towards this. Sort of and thing. then going out live. One thing I, I really liked with this and having played around with it a bit was that you can run two cabs at once. So you can have a 4x12 and a 1x12. And then live, you can still run into an amp and also run out into the PA. Uh, I was going to ask about that because I imagine that's almost more likely. Yeah, so... Doubling um, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So someone like... Uh, Johnny Mars using a GT1000 core live at the moment, and he's still running one output into a Fender on stage. So he's got some on-stage amp volume and presence, and then runs stereo out into the PA. So the audience hears one thing, and they get a mix of some of the guitar amp on stage, but he's hearing a lot of the guitar amp on stage, um, which I thought was really cool. That's a really nice thing to be able to do, to take your pedal board, still plug into an amp. You know, you might turn up to the venue and go, oh, they've got a half-decent back line. I'll plug into that and still go into the um, to the PA. But being able to run separate cabs out of each output, so you can run two different 412s with two different mic settings uh, if you want. And then there's a really cool feature on there called spread, which delays the two cabs very slightly. So it kind of like widens the uh, widens the output a little bit more. But yeah, just a really versatile amp in a box, a real amp in a box. And the fact that we've added the same screen that's on the SY200 means that you can see everything you're doing. There's no menu deep diving. All the controls are on the top panel. And there's like 150 different cabinet and microphone models in there. Um, so there's loads to choose from. But for recording at home, it's a really, really good little setup. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, definitely for recording at home, this is this is a great setup. I like for me as a, as a live tool, this really hits the nail on the head because you know i was messing around with the gt1000 core as well as having that as something i'd use live where one output's going into my amp the other output is going into the front of house with a 
you know, with a cab sim. And the thing I always find that I end up worrying about whenever I make myself these complicated setups are when I actually get into a rehearsal space, let alone a gig, and it's a different rehearsal room from last time and it sounds different and I want to change stuff. And as soon as you're on something like the core or, or any, you know, any big multi-effects thing, you are going into menus and you're mm. trying to find the thing that you need to change. And it's it's not that's not productive and it's doubly not productive if you're at a gig and you're trying to work out what bit you need to change so having something like this where it is incredibly intuitive you're doing a lot there's a lot of processing there but i've still essentially got all my controls as physical rotaries in front of me that i can change on the fly including the cab and the and the amp are just on rotaries on the front of the pedal that is much much more useful um, and much easier to actually deal with in yeah. a situation. And, um, you know, the amp models go from sort of like a JC120 all the way up to kind of like a Bogner and some of the more high-gain stuff, which isn't covered by some of the other other ones out there, tend to be a little bit more like vintage. So this is good for some of your sort of high-gain kids who want to do a bit more of that rock and a roll. Um <laughs> so uh, yeah no really great and i've been using it quite a lot one of the guys on my team's been using it with a gt1000 so gt1000 core and this and then disabling the amp models in the gt1000 core because this has got more amp models more cabs um and uh yeah using the kind of gt as the kind of effect side and then this is the amp side and because they're midi controlled you can switch them at the same time as well so really really cool wow. yeah and the headphone the headphones got like a surround function on it which basically like takes the kind of takes the speaker sound a little bit away from the headphone the actual like speakers your ears so so similar to what in is the, uh the, the yeah, Wazer similar to what's in the was rare so it just feels like the amps more well placed in a room rather than being like blasted directly into your eardrums but yeah super easy to set up because you've got one control for amp one control for cabinet and one one control for ambience which is the type of room that you're in and then you've got your preamp controls just like an amplifier underneath and that's it super easy um but loads of different ways you can set it up and yeah interested to get you one joe and do some stuff with bass uh, i think oh, it'd be yeah. really cool to try and uh, use it as a little uh, bass di i think yeah could definitely be a fantastic solution um, you know, just to be able to get a bit more control of that, you know, I, you know, I won't go into too much detail on it, but as a bass player, so like wanting to do that sort of thing and actually sort of split going to an amp and then having stuff going to front of house, if you want control in the way I've specified, like rotary based control, you're pretty limited on the products out there. So the tonality, you're basically, what you're looking at is getting yourself a, one of the sans amp vts which means what you have is ampeg voicing mm. and if you don't like ampeg voicing you know it's it's tricky yeah absolutely <laughs> it's hard to sort of tailor that pedal um to the sort of tone you want so so yeah i i think this is very exciting that you know and great that bassists and guitarists have been included on it yeah yeah so um yeah two couple of really really cool releases i mean the sy200 i've started to build onto a little pedal board already so <laughs> of course <laughs> gotta build it into the ambient board um and there's some cool videos coming out that we're sort of uh, working on with a few people but yeah 171 sounds including a set of noise sounds which are like wind 
you know. So you can nice. add in a bit of that. Any tractors? Oh, or no, we, we haven't. Vehicles. We haven't gone full magic stomp. Oh, um, no. But I was really hoping. I, I've, I've just. I've been really craving that combine harvester. I know. Uh, I combine harvester. I tone, still you know? want to buy one. One day I will. I will get my hands on a magic stomp and put it on my pedal yeah. board just for that tractor tone. Morris dancer um, ambience. What's that? I said Morris dancer ambience. Yeah, That's yeah exactly. I, I reckon um, the uh, magic stomp into a Miku. And you're just absolutely <laughs> laughing, you know. That's it. That's the ultimate solution. I mean, literally, you're laughing because if you don't, what are you going to do? You'll cry. <laughs> exactly. Now that uh, that actually is all the time we have on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can, of course, join us over on Patreon at Patreon.com/forward/slash/GuitarNerds for an entire extra episode every week. You can become a Patreon support for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you'll get this episode ad-free and early every week. $5 gets you access to the Patreon special and our entire back catalogue. And $10 will get you the lot, plus I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us on all your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussion. Thanks for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell. Right. Cheers. flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.